Okay, um, I was just cut off. Thanks. Well, sarcastically. Thanks to Kevin at DHS. Stop fucking uh, suppressing my communications, motherfucker. I, we know who you are. And you will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. And by the way, I need some TP for my bunghole. Fucker. Fuckface. Anyway, we're uh, listening to Rosie O. Rosie O. Uh, Rosie O. Supreme Court blocks New York law limiting guns in public. Really, will make it harder for states to restrict guns. Ah, it's your constitutional right, exercise. Yeah, it's, is is it really my constitutional right to have a fucking uh, machine gun? Back on June 10th when everybody Super was in a total. By the way, here's a shout out to KAMP Student Radio at the University of Arizona and KPYT Pasquayaki Tribal Radio on the res with Trista, Sista, and in two stoned aired stoner. Back to the show, oh, TikTok. And panic about inflation. Kelly. Inflation's going to uh, destroy our purchasing power. And it's going to be insane here. It's not going to be worth anything. Well, it may not be worth anything over the very longest run. But I can tell you one thing. On my June 10th upload of that day called Inflation is Not the Problem. One of the few that was looking the other way towards deflation being the big problem. And the thing that the Fed fears most of all. We can already see here that uh, copper prices have been coming down. Corn prices have collapsed. It's the harvest in South America looks great. Wheat prices are coming down. The prices for a whole lot of commodities, oil prices are off about $20 from the peak or so. A whole lot of commodities are suddenly trending downward. And of course, everybody's looking towards the inflation boogie. And remember, I think the Fed's a big problem because, well, they're driving looking in the rearview mirror here and looking at inflation that already happened rather than seeing the flashing yellow lights that are on the road ahead by equity prices and things like that. So we're going to come to an interesting pivot point here. And one I expected, and one that's going to cause a lot of confusion. As these prices for raw materials come down in price, some spectacularly in the way of copper, lumber, things like that, uh, people are going to be confused because, well, the dynamics should be in place with interest rates coming down a bit and raw materials coming in. We should have a mega boom of all time. We should be right back to where we were at the end of uh, January of 2021. Will we be? I think things pivot here and gradually the small camp of a few people that are looking for deflation in the future will have a lot of people joining this party understanding that something's going on here that uh, why aren't equity prices we 
responding in a super, super positive way here. Yeah, we're having a little incipient rallies and things, but it's going to cross people's mind that there's something more serious going on here. And my attention's also always been once you chip the dominoes over and they start to fall, another way of Humpty Dumpty gets knocked off the wall. It's really hard to put Humpty Dumpty back together again, and sometimes it takes a couple generations to do so. Once those forces are in place, we'll see how people respond. We'll see how people perceive things when commodity prices are coming down and interest rates are being coming down. Start to perceive people's confusion about, well, what the heck is really going on? I think we know here. Hey, give me a like and a follow, and thanks for following the untraditional. Back on June 10th, when everybody was in a total dither and panic about inflation, and inflation's going to uh, destroy our purchasing power, and it's going to be insane here. It's not going to be worth anything. Well, it may not be worth anything over the very longest run. But I can tell you one thing, on my June 10th upload of that day called Inflation is Not the Problem, one of the few that was looking the other way towards deflation being the big problem. And the thing that the Fed fears most of all, we can already see here that uh, copper prices have been coming down, corn prices have collapsed, the harvest in South America looks great, wheat prices are coming down, the prices for a whole lot of commodities, oil prices are Probably up. Probably we'd start buying from South America. So a whole lot of commodities are suddenly trending downward. And of course, everybody's looking towards the inflation boogie. And remember, I think the Fed's a big problem because, well, they're driving, looking in the rearview mirror here and looking at inflation. It already happened rather than seeing the flashing yellow lights that are on the road ahead by equity prices and things like that. So we're going to come to an interesting pivot point here, and one I expected, and one that's going to cause a lot of confusion. As these prices for raw materials come down in price, some spectacularly in the way of copper, lumber, things like that, uh, people are going to be confused because, well, the dynamics should be in place with interest rates coming down a bit and raw materials coming down. We should have a mega boom of all time. We should be right back to where we were at the end of uh, January of 2021. Will we be? I think things pivot here and gradually the small camp of a few people that are looking for deflation in the future will have a lot of people joining this party understanding that something's going on here that uh, why aren't equity prices responding in a super super positive way here yeah we're having a little incipient rallies and things but it's going to cross people's mind that there's something more serious going on here and my contention's also always been that once you chip the dominoes over and they start to fall another way of humpty dumpty gets knocked off the wall it's really hard to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Sometimes it takes a couple generations to do so. Once those forces are in place, we'll see how people respond. We'll see how people perceive things when commodity prices are coming down and interest rates have been coming down. We'll start to perceive people's confusion about, well, what the heck is really going on? I think we know here. They give me a like and a follow, and thanks for following the untraditional. Back on June 10th, when everybody was in a total dither.
Give me three minutes, it's gonna be worth it because you're gonna want to hear this week's analysis. A great rally this week unfolding because, well, ding dong, inflation is dead. Well, if you've listened to me, inflation has been a transitory phenomenon anyway, meaning it was expected to come, it rose, it arrived, and now it's starting to dissipate its demand. Uh, trails off here. The problem is, markets have not yet, in my opinion, pivoted to recognize what the real problem is. Perhaps maybe they have. Because the stock market is telling us on the one hand, well, there must be some reason we go from uh, you know, 36,000, almost 37,000 on the Dow to 29,900. There must be some there there. There's also a reason, though, that the long-term interest rates have not really gained over in immediate-term interest rates, meaning that the 30-year bond at uh, what? At 3.25% uh, yield at 30 years is only 12.5 basis points more than the 10-year, like 3.12.5%. Things that make you go, hmm. As if the market recognized that inflation was not the long-term problem. Well, it's my bet that the stock market recognized that, too. And what got people excited was the thought that inflation is peaked and it's going to be cooling off. But trust me, my friends, that's not going to dissuade the Federal Reserve from doing more damage to the economy, just like they did in 1928 and 29, because they'll be looking in the rearview mirror at things that already happened instead of looking at the head, ahead at the signals that the market is sending. Not secondary and post-dated data that came from a month or two before. What am I driving at here? We have to be careful that pivot point, which could be coming up after our rally here, the, the, what I call the oh shit moment, where I guess it wasn't inflation after all. And why would we be going down again if inflation is not the problem? Because, my friends, the real problem, I think, remains deflation. And it's the main reason that the long-term rates will not rise appreciably over the intermediate-term rates because, well, the smart money knows that it's not the inflation is the problem we're going to be facing. We have a whole raft of other concerns with the dollar and the BRICS nations getting together to uh, challenge the dollar. That's a whole set. Of, well, that's for a future upload. But anyway, keep in mind this pivot point. Because when reality hits, it's going to be a hard adjustment for a lot of people. So enjoy the rallies while you can. In the meantime, please give me a like, a follow, and a share. Well, we discuss the unusual here and make you think. Thanks, everybody. Give me three minutes. Inflation is made in one place and one place only. Washington, D.C. And in Washington, D.C., the chief source is a Greek temple on Constitution Avenue, which houses the Federal Reserve Board. And a major accomplice, of course, sits in the halls of Congress uh, in Washington. They are a major accomplice because you tell them to be. The American people have been telling Congress for many years, spend more money on us, please. It has imposed inflation and tax. That's one tax that you don't have to vote for, but you have to pay. Inflation is made in one place and one place only, Washington, D.C. And in Washington, D.C., the chief source is a Greek temple on Constitution Avenue, which houses the Federal Reserve Board. And a major accomplice, of course, sits in the halls of Congress in Washington. They are a major accomplice because you tell them to be. 
The American people have been telling Congress for many years, spend more money on us, please. It has imposed inflation as a tax. That's one tax that you don't have to vote for, but you have to pay. Inflation is made in one place and one place only, Washington, D.C. In Washington, D.C., the chief source is a Greek temple on Constitution Avenue, which houses the Federal Reserve. Inflation is made in one place and one place only, Washington, D.C. And in Washington, D.C., the chief source is a Greek temple on Constitution Avenue, which houses the Federal Reserve Board. Who's that? I would just run out of energy. That's it. Nobody trusts her. She's with Convoy. How am I with Convoy? No, I'm on YouTube. Oh my God. Wait. I'm not with Convoy. Why? Yeah, no faith. white supremacists financial armageddon is upon us it has arrived whether you've seen it lap on the shores of your life or not it is here please do not scroll away because these little three minute segments can be well the most rewarding and educational and helpful moments in your life especially as we face a future full of uncertainty full of social unrest safety concerns 
job uh, job security, retirement security, all those things are all coming together now in a confluence of events that is going to be challenging to say the least. Get into one of the biggest issues, and it is something that a lot of people have talked about before, but in an oblique way, meaning they have a gut feeling like the Federal Reserve should be eliminated, but they can't quite put their finger on one. And I'm going to prove to you as time goes by that the members of the Federal Reserve a lot of ways you are probably smarter than they are because you're not as insulated as they are from the realities of the everyday world that we live in consequently they often make decisions that can be wrong i proved that with the federal reserve's decision in 1928-1929 to raise interest rates in the face of well dated it was already telling them that we have an economic slowdown, a slowdown that subsequently snowballed into the biggest uh, economic cliff dropper in the history of this world until now. Well, Ben Bernanke in 1990 in an address luncheon for, to honor Milton Friedman, the famed conservative economist, said, we made a mistake in 1929. We won't make it again. We're sorry, really, and here we sit. Now, prepping up for a July meeting where the Federal Reserve is going to raise interest rates once again in the face of the carnage in the markets that you see here. That's called driving forward with economic policy by looking in the rearview mirror things that have already happened. Well, if you don't consider current data, you get what you get. You get into accidents. Who pays the price for it? A lot of people that are riding along on this ride. We're going to explore in some future videos not only ways that society will react in the future and what you can expect at the street level, but also the role of the Federal Reserve and how it became, well, bastardized over time due to factors of convenience and really did lose our way. I suggest you go back, check out Financial Armageddon Arrives. Give me a like and a follow here. You're going to hear things you don't hear anywhere. Thanks, everybody. Financial Armageddon is upon us. It has arrived. Whether we've seen it lap on the shore. Why do so many people get it wrong when you it guys comes still to there? Great, you are. KMP Student Radio. University of Arizona. Things like that. Economics undermines everything. Politics, society, money, money, money drives it all. I want to tell you guys, people get it wrong because they follow, they don't think ahead to natural consequences of trends and turning points. To wit, what's the big boogeyman? What's the 800-pound gorilla in the room right now? It's supposedly inflation. Ah! Inflation is eroding our purchasing power. Look at fuel prices. Look at uh, every gasoline, housing costs, food. I get it. But what you don't understand is that trend has a natural consequence and a turning point. And the turning point is something that you're not hearing anybody else talk about. You're here first, here. big thing we have to be concerned about is deflation because we're having a sudden impairment of purchasing power across a broad spectrum. It's going to touch over a whole lot of dominoes that are going to cause a whole lot of problems coming up. If inflation was the problem that people say it is, 
Why would the government 30-year bond pay you a return that's less than the government's fine? If your money's being wiped out, your purchasing power, wouldn't you demand more at the 30-year loan? Wouldn't you demand more interest, a higher payment because you're chewing up my purchasing power? And yet that 30-year yield is below the five-year yield. Don't listen to what people talk about. I mean, listen to what they talk about. But look at the way that the markets are and try to think to yourself, how can that be? In my mind, there's a picture setting up that's a very deflationary road coming up. And there's a lot of people starting to position themselves to want to get into the perceived safety, full faith, and credit of a United States government's obligation. For the long term, just like they did in the 1930s. I'm transgender, but I do have things to say. I know I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but I lived overseas for five years. I've lived in China. Okay? I worked for the Royal Bank of Canada in global business development, private banking. I got a pretty good eye on global things. I'm also an acute study of history, particularly United States financial history. The story that's going to be told over the next few weeks and years, particularly on this top, is going to be things that you're not going to be hearing elsewhere. I think that you would be smart to put any prejudice you might have aside, give a follow, keep yourself informed. I'm going to put thoughts in your head that you may not hear other places. Hey, give me a follow and a like. Why do so many people get it wrong when it comes to investing economics and things like that? Economics underlies everything. Politics, society, money, money, money drives it all. I want to tell you guys, people get it wrong because they follow, they don't think ahead to natural consequences of transcending. Boogeyman, what's the 800-pound gorilla in the room right now? It's supposedly... Does history repeat itself? I say it does because human nature never changes. It's the one thing in the whole equation of economics that will remain the same from ancient times, the Roman times, up to today. Okay? Let's give an example. Back in 
And that damn, uh, <laughs> that damn Putin, he's got, you got to put the rates up. You got to get inflation under control and stuff like that. And you know what the real tragedy is? This is why I tell you, sometimes history probably a lot of times does repeat itself. We have a housing market that's already cooling down. We have mortgage applications at a 22-year low. The number of people who can qualify is going down radically. We got stores full of crap that people can hardly get down the aisles. We have car sales that are slow. Tesla and the toy. We've lost $10 billion, $10 trillion of paper wealth in the market. And now you're telling me that it would be a good idea to raise interest rates in the face of the carnage that has occurred and will occur. What about the layoffs coming in the tech sector and other sectors? What about the home building sector? Mortgage origination and finance. Does history repeat itself? Do people have no awareness or learn any lessons from the past? The sad answer is no, but we have something to talk about here. Hey, I hope you give me a follow here and a share and a like. Food for thought is worth the money. Thanks, everybody. Does history repeat itself? I say it does because human nature never changes. It's the one thing in the whole equation of economics that. Financial Armageddon is upon us. And before you scroll away, this could be uh, the best three minutes that you spend this year on TikTok because it should not matter to you. Okay, I'm transgender, but if somebody can provoke thought at me and get me to think about the world around me and possibly protect me from what's going to be a very uh, challenging, sometimes dangerous future, I think I would be able to listen put that person into my portfolio of input. Look at what we've had in the way of input of people that Kathy Woods, if Bitcoin's going to go up to a million dollars and the tech stocks are set to double in the next two years, yet they're collapsing, Bitcoin collapsing. The people that overbid for housing, it will much to their regret. And long ago I predicted that it's one of the markers of the end of the boom is extreme overbid. When it does settles, the real challenges begin. And don't listen to those people that say Wall Street doesn't affect Main Street. You don't think so? In 1929, only 5% of Americans owned stock today over half. And look at what the effects were in 1929. We are heading into severe and challenging economic times. Many of you now know that. But what you don't know is the sense of history of how people have coped with these times before. How do people cope with social unrest? What kind of social unrest occurred in the past? What can we expect people to do in the future? And why would we think that they would do that? Because human nature never changes. It's the one constant that allows me to process events, look at history and say, well, I'm pretty sure this is going to happen again, and guess what? It ends up happening. I'm very proud. Daily weekday discussions on my Rosie O'Kelly channel, uh, live streams, and I'm very proud of the TikToks on here, which you should check out. You definitely need to have a diversity of input, and particularly from people that have a sense of history, a sense of psychology, and the way that that impacts society. We're a nation that our confidence in the future has abruptly turned 180 degrees. How will we deal with a future of want and deprivation? 
and challenges on the streets and challenges in everyday life. You need to understand the mechanisms that tell people cope to the past because psychology never changes from Roman times to pre-Roman times to today. People repeat the same mistakes over and over because they do not learn from history. I think I'm worth a follow here on TikTok, so please give me a follow and a like and check me out on Rosie O'Kelly. Financial Armageddon is upon us. Before you scroll away, this could be uh, the best three minutes that you spend this year on TikTok because it should not matter to you. Okay, I'm transgender, but if somebody can provoke thought at me and get me to think about the world around me and possibly protect me from what's going to be a very challenging, sometimes dangerous future, I think I would be apt to listen that person into my portfolio of input. Look at what we've had in the way of input of people that just Okay, I watched them all. Are you still there? Yes, you are. Wow. Lucky us. Okay. Anyway, thanks for tuning into the Just Bubba Nature show. And we've been listening to Rosie O'Kelly's economics TikTok feeds. And if you like this podcast, go ahead and check out another one. That's good for you. Um, if you learned something and you want to support me and my work or whatever, go to sign my move on petition to indict Trump and expel the G- uh, GOP insurrectionists, about 150 of them. From our Congress, based on the 14th Amendment, go to https colon slash slash bit.ly slash 3ka1mmd. Thanks for tuning in. See you.